Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, Buddy C. I'd like to welcome everyone. Got Marla H. and Craig M. and Cindy L. I remembered. Good to have y'all today. Any thoughts on this 35th chapter of the Tao Te Ching before we get started? That confused me. Well, it's paradoxical, Craig. This one is all about really how it works. Yeah. No, it did. It, it confused me. I'm kind of thinking, what's, what's going on in this one? We'll tell you. I've not slept all week because I, I normally I normally think to myself, right, I'm not gonna look at next week's until next week. But then I thought I'd cheat and try and get a head start and it's worried me all week. You're that little kid that sat in the front of the room that knew all the answers, weren't you? Yeah. yeah you're, you're the guy hitting the back of the head with paper and stuff. It's me. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we made fun of all the time. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's find uh, find our emptiness. Let's take a moment. Okay. All right. So the thirty fifth chapter, Marla. What's the email that folks can get in touch with us if they have questions or want to? The email is wisdom526 at gmail. Cool. So folks have questions or want to discuss something with this, let us know. You can also join us. It'll cost you a dollar for a month. But you can get in and you can participate in this podcast if you'd like. We record every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. Mm -hmm. So you're welcome to. Uh, The links are in the... uh, in the description there, or you can go to omarpinto.com and look at recovery community link and you can get the information there. It's a dollar the first month and $12 a month. After that, you can quit at any time. You can come check us out and then stop if you don't like it. So we have what 130 to 140 folks in the community. Now good community, lots of meetings, lots of good people, lots of recovery. So it's good. Lots, stuff. Yeah. Lots of recovery, lots of support. Yeah. Support. Good. Check it out if that speaks to you. Kirsty, good to have you today, dear. Glad you could make it. Uh, <laughs> let's let uh, uh, Cindy, you're going to read for us today. I'll share the screen. Okay. So the first translation, um, all men will come to him who keeps to the one. For there lie rest and happiness and peace. Passers-by may stop for music and good food, but a description of the Tao seems without substance or flavor. It cannot be seen, it cannot be heard, and yet it cannot be exhausted. And then the second one, she who is centered in the Tao can go where she wishes without danger. She perceives the universal harmony, even amid great pain, because she has found peace in her heart. Music or the smell of good cooking may make people stop and enjoy, but words that point to the Tao seem monotonous and without flavor. When you look for it, there is nothing to see. When you listen for it, there is nothing to hear. When you use it, it is inexhaustible. And then the third one, she who follows the way of the Tao will draw the world to her steps. 
She can go without fear of being injured because she has found peace and tranquility in her heart. Where there is music and good food, people will stop to enjoy it. But words spoken of the Tao seem to them boring and stale. When looked at, there is nothing for them to see. When listened for, there is nothing for them to hear. Yet if they put it to use, it would never be exhausted. And then the fourth one. When you get right with the Tao, everything wants to be your friend. When they're around you, they can relax and enjoy themselves. People can be easily distracted by music or good food. When we try to talk about Tao, it seems boring by comparison. It doesn't look like much. It doesn't sound like much. But no matter how much you use, there's plenty left. Okay, Kirsty, I put the link in the chat if you want to. If you want to just download the link, you're welcome to. Thoughts? Well, I'm the, to just start from the first sentence is, you know, somebody who is living uh, a spiritual life. I, I, I hate to put, put, I put spiritual in quotation marks. Um, people tend to, to flock to, to listen to, to feel their, their energy, you know, you know. That's that's going just line by line. Hey, Marley, that, that says that the four different ways they say that. Yeah. Uh, he who keeps to the one centered in the Tao follows the way of the Tao or gets right with the Tao. Mm-hmm. So it's just meaning living a surrendered life, I think. And pe- but people flock to people like that, you know, like spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I got out of that. Where you know, in, in the fourth translation, everybody wants to be your friend when they're around you. They can relax and enjoy themselves. Or is, it, or is that just talking about the Tao in general, not a person? Well, you know, I, th- I think it goes back to the idea that we just draw to ourselves whatever we are. <laughs> We're a magnet for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. really, we're a magnet. So we, we, I think one thing we could do is look at what we're attracting, and that would tell us where we are. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I kind of meant that. Explains a lot about my earlier life. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure, we didn't hang out with people who were, you know, no. spiritually fit. I know I didn't. Why, you know, when I was single, it was, why am I attracting all these screwed up women? <laughs> Maybe because I'm screwed up. <laughs> I think that's the same. You, when you attract somebody who abuses you, you're, you, know, you, you, are, you can become abusive as well. Or you've, you've been abused or something like that. You know. It's that lack that you're attracting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we see that in the yeah. in all the letting go stuff. We see that in recovery. Everything about moving to this higher level of consciousness, so that we can we can really live on a love level rather than a fear or anger level, so that we don't uh, we don't draw those things anymore. That we attract more love. It it works, <laughs> you know. It does. It works. What else? Do you see anything else in that, Marla? In that, the first? Whatever, whatever you saw, whatever, yeah. (laughs) No, that was pretty good. 
passersby may stop for f- music and good food, how easily we get distracted by things that are have uh, sort of a, tr- a transient pleasure, you know, uh, you know, a good good meal. You you love having a good meal. You seek a good meal. You seek great music, but you need keep needing to have more and more and more. It's never enough, you know. And you get distracted by seeking things like that. Like we were talking about last week, getting a or I don't not sure when, you know, buying a better car getting a better phone and seeking things that are just create, you know, temporary pleasure rather than permanent pleasure. It's interesting. I was thinking about with that, the question I've been asking myself, especially about the food that I eat, what I'm, what am I expecting this chocolate bar to do for me? What am I now? You could take that and, (laughs) You could expand that to what am I expecting? You know, they're talking about the things you can touch and feel that you for today, the food and the music and those things. Yeah. Um, uh, what do I expect this vacation to do for me or this job to do for me or this having so many zeros in the checking account to do for me? What am I expecting my beliefs to do for me? How about my anger to do for me or my resentment or my fear? What do I expect my fear to do? Those those things quit working just like the drugs or alcohol quit working, you know? That would be interesting to actually look at your fear and resentment and go, what what is this really doing for me? Exactly. And I guess so. they're empty. They're empty. They're not doing what you want them to do. No, they generally keep you in, in a place, you know, where that's not pleasant either. Anyways. Seems without substance. Now, when they start talking about the Tao, they move on. The description of the Tao seems without substance or flavor. In other words. It, yeah, it can't be described. Yeah, and it's things that don't appeal <laughs> to me. <laughs> you know? can't be seen it cannot be heard but yet it cannot be exhausted um i was looking at this like in the second one where it says words that point to the Tao seem monotonous and without flavor when you look at it there's nothing to see when you listen for it there's nothing to hear but when you use it it is inexhaustible so i think the question is how do we use it how do we use it? Uh, and the others, I think, say about the same thing. Yeah, when we put it to use, it would never be exhausted. It does not look like much. It doesn't sound like much. But no matter how much you use, there's still plenty left. I think, I think for me, um, there's, there's a few kind of distinct levels. Um, so... It starts, obviously, with the passers-by may stop for music and good food, and that looks at the tangible things that individuals like to take, whatever the form that may be, in order to change the way they feel or make them happier. Um, and then and then it goes on to um, actually recognise that it's the intangible things that are inexplicable um, 
they are in the subconscious or brought forward into the conscious, such as the likes of gratitude, acceptance, um, humility, which then bring brings peace and unknowingly with that gratitude and acceptance we certainly for addicts and alcoholics we're less likely to put ourselves in danger um, and using those um, things means that even in times of challenge we can do that with the peace and the gratitude um, and humility because as it says it's inexhaustible like you, you know, they were talking in the first little stanza that the place where the sage is, for there lie rest and happiness and peace, perceives universal harmony even amid great pain because she has found peace in her heart. She can go without fear of being injured because she has found peace and tranquility in her heart. I relate everything back to my to Christianity for me, uh, says the kingdom in Romans 14 says the kingdom of God's not meat and drink. It's not the things we touch and see, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy, the Holy Spirit. So that it's talking about finding that place of rest, that place of happiness, that place of peace. Then from what I read, the, ten, the, uh, the music and food is representing all that our senses can feel. Right. People are attracted to someone who lives in peace and joy, but they don't quite know what it is, you know, because the, the thing that's given this to them attracts no attention. The Tao attracts no attention at all. So it's really paradoxical in my thinking, because what is giving the sage peace and joy is not what we would think would do that, which would be all the sensory uh, satisfactions. So there's something more than those things. I thought about the paradoxes. Tell me how this relates to the Tao being inexhaustible. We surrender to win. We must give away to keep. We have to suffer to get well. We have to die to live. That that I think that's the same kind of truth that we're seeing here. The the idea that what we're looking for is not around us. It's not these things we can touch and feel and see. It's not gonna give us what we want. We found that out in recovery. You know, when I came in I had to change so much of my thinking and I had no idea how if I help somebody how that would help me, how me going, you know, they said nothing will, um, oh, what's the quote? N- nothing will uh, help. When, when you have a craving for alcohol, there's nothing that will help like working with another alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why would me helping someone else help me? It looks like I would need to work on me. I would need to read a book. I would need to do something that would that would help me work on my cognitive behavior therapy, uh, you know, practices, whatever it is, you know, that I'm trying to make me better. But instead it says, no, nothing will help like working with helping another alcoholic. 
So that's that same kind of paradoxical thinking that my solution is not in the mm -hmm. things I can touch and see and feel. Because, we, I mean, we tried that for so long. Yeah. We tried to fill that thing, that emptiness, with whatever we could lay our hands on. And for me, it ranged from, you know, drugs and alcohol to shopping stuff, the trappings of the modern consumerist lifestyle and and I think by just reaching out and helping someone else you're taking yourself away from trying to fulfill you and being taken and taking that focus away from you for a moment almost alleviates that desperation of trying to fill the void and it does give a sense of peace because you're not you're not being self-centered um and and that yeah it's it's strange how it works because you know like you say a lot of the likes of cognitive behavioral therapy and and i mean speaking for myself and i've heard it from a lot of other addicts we are constantly living in our own heads and the, you know, the ultimate way of getting out of your own head is by helping someone else or doing something for someone else without, and, and especially without asking for anything in return. And there's nothing better than that um, because it gives you a sense of humility and it makes you realise that actually you don't need any of those trappings to be happy and peaceful and content. It's just simply a taking the opportunities of providing service. Yeah. You know, with things, it's the difference between enjoying things and expecting them to make you happy. That's two different that's, things. Yeah, that, that's a big difference. <laughs> I never knew that before. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, our peace and joy does not come from these things. It cannot. Um, it cannot. How about the weaker we get, the stronger we become? That's one that paradox big for me. You know, another one that fits in with those. But you know, it's creating that emptiness, that surrender, that non-resistance, that leaves room, I think, for our higher power to to work in our lives. Yeah, and, and you know, and that works with everything other than just talking about drugs and alcohol uh, it works in my business it works in my relationships it works you know with my wife with my kids with you guys if the first thing I think about is okay you know how can I help Marla Craig Cindy and Kirsty today not ooh, how can I look spiritual today in front of him <laughs> you know <laughs> you know that's two totally different things when I may end up looking to who knows but that's not the point <laughs> that's like going into a meeting if you go to aa meetings and you sit and you you figure out what you're going to say so that you can sound like you know something like you're trying to impress a bunch of fucking drunks <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, like that's all, that's my peer group you know so uh, that's a whole nother deal but yeah it was always about what can i get out of this meeting you know it's not like what can i give to this meeting it's what can i get yes. out of it yes uh, I started, I told him, I said, listen, when you go to a meeting, 
It's not about what you can get. It's about what you can give. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you ask your higher power what you can share that would help someone today? And if you don't feel anything, just keep your mouth shut. There's no one there you need to try to impress. So if if that's a group you're trying to impress, your bar is very low. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, pathetic. uh, Just coming to that place of that's really a place of powerlessness. And if you can learn. For me, if I learn when I learn to do that in relationships, to not try to impress but to help, no matter what the interaction is, try to be understanding and come from a place of love instead of a place of dominance or or pride or ego. Um, that's a part of this too. That's a part of this too because that's what attracts people. That's moving to that higher level of consciousness, that higher level of living. That's Living by attraction rather than promotion. Yeah, that's who I'm attracted to. Me too. Me too. So, okay. Any any other comments before we read the uh, commentaries? This is Stephen Mitchell. Stephen Mitchell did the wrote the second uh, trend did the second translation that mm-hmm. we read. Peace in the, in her heart. She is centered in peace. Thus, she can give herself fully to the pain. Okay. And this is a, a Zen master talking about without flavor. Uh, the great way has no gate. Clear water has no taste. The tongue has no bone. In complete stillness, a stone girl is dancing. That stuff goes over my head. But, <laughs> But it's it's that in the things that we don't see greatness, there's greatness. I think it's what that's saying. The great way has no gate. Mm-hmm. Clear water, no taste. But how important is water? You know, the tongue has no bone, but the tongue gets a lot accomplished or a lot. Yeah. <laughs> both negative and positive and negative, right? Yeah. So... Craig, you have Derek Lynn? Yep, Derek Lynn. So Derek Lynn for the 35th verse. Hold the great image. All under heaven will come. They come without harm in harmonious peace. Music and food passing travelers stop. The Tao that is spoken out of the mouth is bland and without flavor. Look at it. It cannot be seen. Listen to it. It cannot be heard. Use it. It cannot be exhausted. So the image here means the concept of the Tao in the mind. To hold this image in the mind is to manifest a state of illuminated oneness, translucent clarity and ineffable joy. People are naturally drawn to someone who can do this consistently. Music and food represent all the physical pleasures of the material world. Lao Tzu compares them with the Tao in this and the following lines. The sound of music and the cooking smells attract the attention of passers-by. The Tao attracts no attention to itself. The pleasures of the world delight the senses. The Tao is colourless and flavourless. And something's just made sense to me there. I'll I'll come back to that. Um, The Tao is not a pleasing picture, like a painting, because it cannot be seen. Nor is it a beautiful melody, like a song, because it cannot be heard. The Tao doesn't seem to offer much, 
but if we were to pause in our travels and investigate it in greater depth, we would discover something quite interesting. The enjoyment of music and food comes to an end sooner or later, but the function and utilisation of the Tao goes on forever. Sensory pleasures are finite and transient, but the Tao is infinite and eternal, and so is the joy that one can discover within it. So, my epiphany, just during reading that, it says, um, the cooking smells attract the attentions of passerby. The doubt attracts no attention to itself. So it's not the fact that somebody's cooking bacon in the morning that wakes you up. It's the fact that you can smell it. The bacon doesn't start cooking thinking, I'm going to wake Craig up. <laughs> now what bacon's thinking, Craig? I've never known what bacon thought. Yeah, but it's not thinking about that because it's bacon. Bacon just does what bacon does. It's what the grill does to the bacon that's doing the bacon to me. The smell of the bacon. It's not, it's not the bacon itself. So it's it's not the dough. It's not the dough shouting at people. It's 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 the dough doing that attracts the people. That's all well, I have. I'm gonna have to think about that one a little, Craig. You 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 woke up and. Shot past me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to meditate on that one some. Yeah, I'm trying to mull that one over. I think I get it, which kind of scares me, but I think I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Explain it, Sandy. Do do some some explaining for us. It kind of scares me that somebody's on the same wavelength. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I... so the bacon in its just in its form without doing anything isn't very useful, but when it does what its purpose is, then it starts to give to others. Is that sort of what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Well done. Well, very well done. Yeah, that was very clear. So, so <laughs> nothing is. So, go ahead, Kirsty. I'm sorry. I get, no, I get it now. I'm with you. So nothing is as it seems to be. Well. And it's, yeah. it's it, it, it depends on what it is. A piece of bacon uncooked is useless. And then you you do what you're supposed to do with it, and it becomes useful. Mm-hmm. Cook it. Smell it. Eat it. But it's, it's not the bacon's intention to do that. It's just doing what it's there to do, and that's yeah. to be cooked. Our reaction to the bacon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And put the way that, like I said, yeah it is found on that Cindy well because when you're I mean for me when I was out there and I was and I was drinking it I wasn't being useful my motives weren't good I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing and then as I've you know the longer I've been sober I'm not paying attention to what I get out of things I just do the next right thing and if you just keep doing the next right thing then you end up having the purpose and the uses that you're supposed to have but you're not focused on it bingo yeah that sounds right. Craig is a genius. He is. Don't, the guys, we're going to have to find a Dow, Dow uh, chapter on pride for next, or ego. <laughs> There's plenty of y'all, those. Y'all are setting up Craig to have a bad week when you compliment him. Like <laughs> Way to go, Craig. I'll have to compliment you, too. Um, <laughs> Wayne Dyer. Uh, it's good. 
Yeah, he's good. This he, he usually is, but he. Um, all men will come to him who keeps to the one. They flock to him and receive no harm. For in him they find peace, security, and happiness. Music and dining are passing pleasures, yet they cause people to stop. How bland and insipid are the things of this world when one compares them to the Tao. When you look for it, there's nothing to see. When you listen for it, there's nothing to hear. When you use it, it cannot be exhausted. Um, take a, so the chapter is called Living Beyond Worldly Pleasures. Take a few moments before reading this chapter and ask yourself the following questions. When I think of pleasure, what activities really come to mind? How do I distinguish between what I find enjoyable and what I don't? So I'm going to skip over. I outlined all of this. Most everything defined as pleasurable is temporary. So if you need more and more of it, then it has a grip on you. What you desire so strongly has become your jailer, trapping you into believing that it will bring you peace, security, and happiness. But it never does. Worldly pleasure only seduce you into becoming dependent on them, and they leave you always wanting more. It's a craving that can never be satisfied. You need another great meal in order to have that pleasure again because it vanished almost immediately upon the completion of the dessert. You need to keep the music playing because when it stops, your enjoyment stops too. All addictions scream out this depressing message. You'll never, ever get enough of what you want. Just for a moment, imagine having the perspective of the Tao as you read this verse and see if you can change the way you look at this idea of pleasure. The benefits of having a concept that harmonizes with the Tao are outlined in the opening lines. All people will flock to you, and they'll find peace, security, and happiness when they do. The reason why they'll, they'll, they'll discover these three jewels is because you exude such qualities. The emphasis is on the Tao. It's who you are and therefore what you have to give away. I'm going to skip over a thing. Um, if you guys want to read this, get the book. You know that you can't find, hear, see, or touch the source, yet it's always available and can never be depleted. The music that you hear isn't the Tao. The Tao is the invisible energy that fills the empty spaces that give you so much joy. The empty spaces. And that happiness you feel is eternally available and longed for pleasure of transcending the physical limitations of the human body. Touching the Tao is way beyond any of the sensory pleasures that we somehow believe will satisfy that longing for transcendence. Addictions become impossible because you no longer try to get worldly pursuits to satisfy you. It's like realizing that you can fly when you've been walking faster and faster but never getting enough speed or altitude. You keep trying. You kept trying to satisfy a natural longing to be aloft through the pleasure of rapid walking. Now you observe the way nature flows. You clearly see it never asking for more, never using up more, and absolutely never demanding that it be provided with more than is necessary to maintain a perfect balance. 
Imagine a heroin addict believing that peace, security, and happiness are available with that inexhaustible supply of opiates. That scenario is impossible because the pleasure that drug, drugs bring lasts but a few seconds, and then the opposite of peace, security, and happiness clicks in. The addict keeps trying to fly by running faster. Ultimately, he comes to despise his life and destroy himself in the process. Such is the destiny of those who seek the pleasures of the world of the senses to fulfill their longing and natural ability to transcend the physical plane. <laughs> you want to you wanna discuss from there for a minute, Marla? Yes. There's so much. You can always touch the source. Your emphasis is on the Tao. It's who yeah. you are and therefore what you have to give away. Happiness, you feel, is eternally available when you get with the Tao. I like the analogy of trying to fly by walking fast. Yeah, <laughs> right. There's, that's ridiculous. How would that work? But that's all we know. That is all we know. It's all we know. My favorite part was how yeah, the addict keeps trying to fly by running faster, ultimately comes to despise his life and destroy himself in the process. For my, in my experience, that is exactly what happened to me. And so I despised myself and despised my life. And at that point, I just wanted to kill myself, which is sort of, which is destroying myself in the process. I think we all have to get to that place of, miserableness you know that place of surrender really um, right and, I know you know, I to. that's kind of why a bottom doesn't necessarily have to mean that you've lost all of your physical things your home your family and all that bottoms can look all different look and look differently for different people because it's not about this physical world the bottom is a spiritual bottom yeah it is. And it's what does it take to have this spiritual bottom is, what, is really what it's about. Because it's not, again, it's nothing to do with what we touch and feel and see. No part of this really has anything to do with that at all as far as relating to our peace and joy. So if I'm bankrupt spiritually, it's not about being bankrupt physically. Now, a lot of people, that's what it takes. It didn't take that for me. I mean, you could look on the outside, and I still had a lot of things. Yeah, me too. You know, but I was miserable. None of that stuff was helping. So, yeah, this that's that's a big realization. And, and I like that Wayne Dyer actually doesn't leave us there. He gives us a solution. So Yeah. Sh should I move on? Sure, unless somebody has something. Okay. Um. So here's, Lao Tzu is offering you a profound verse. Notice the eternal bliss that's always with you, even when the delicacies are out of sight, which is just what you're saying. Change your way of thinking of yourself as a totally physical being. Instead, recognize that worldly pleasures that tend to be overdone are attempts to transcend the physical, which isn't going to happen without tapping into your natural connection to the Tao. Or connecting to God. Stop equating sensory delight with the down-inspired bliss that's available to you. 
Enjoy all that you experience through the senses. Love your fine dining. Bask in the melodies of your favorite music. And be appreciative of the excitement of sexual energy. But notice that this is all coming from your sensory self, which is happily adaptable to this world. Then seek your Tao self, which transcends the physical, and explore its pleasures. Re-examine what's true, what true lasting enjoyment is. Even though the effects of the Tao may initially have no appeal to your seeing, hearing, touching, tasting, and smelling faculties, they'll fulfill the longing you're trying to sate with worldly pursuits. When you're chasing any passing fancy, begin recognizing its value in the here and now, but stop trying to get it to satisfy a greater longing. Make it a daily practice. It, excuse me. Introduce transcendent thankfulness to your everyday life. Gratitude. Make it a daily practice to give thanks for the presence of the eternal Tao that's always with you. From an appreciative viewpoint, the world that formerly you, that you formerly desired will begin to look different. In the grateful Tao awareness, feelings of being incomplete when worldly pleasures are unavailable are replaced with a transcendent thankfulness. What used to be a need for a worldly delight is replaced with gratitude and contentment for being aware of the aspect of you that is the Tao, free of physical and earthly limitations and confinement. Living with conscious appreciation of the Tao will attract more people and experiences, enriching your balance of mortal and eternal awareness. Open yourself to the unlimited love and abundance of the Tao, and you'll attract more of the same love and abundance to you. Your world has changed because you see the Tao where you previously only noticed your mortal self needing worldly pleasures. So this can start, for me, with gratitude. For me as well. And not gratitude for, you know, having my physical things. It's gratitude for everything else I have, you know. If you make a gratitude list, what shows up on it without any instruction? It's those things, Marla. It's not physical stuff. It's it's the love that people give me, my family's health, um, things like that, that have come up on my gratitude list, which I look look at every day. That's the things that transcend the physical world. Mm -hmm. That's the place that a good place that we can start is with gratitude. And then I really like the line he used of open yourself to the unlimited love and abundance of the Tao, and you'll attract more of that same love and abundance to you. That's what I've always been told, you know, especially from a lot of people with long-term sobriety is you really live the way or you, you will attract people just like you. If you're strong in your sobriety, if you're, you know, if you're, spiritually sound but don't go throw all your stuff away (laughs) no no well you can enjoy it it's not about not having stuff right about stuff not having you yeah the attachment right no non-attachment how about this zig ziglar quote i'm stretching way back for this but if you go looking for a friend you're going to find they're very scarce if you go out to be a friend, you'll find them everywhere. Indeed. 
Is that not that same principle? Yeah. This is very applicable to everyday life. Yeah. It really is. How can I help you rather than how can you help me? That's what brings that into practice for me in every interaction. I mean, and that can be the slightest holding the door for someone instead of rushing so I can get in front of them. (laughs) I mean, just in the littlest of things, learning to think of someone other than myself. And so we, we need to learn this and to incorporate it so that we can take it out into the community and make it a better place. Yes. And, you know, by just practicing it, Marlo, that's going, that happens. Yeah. It just happens by accident almost in spite of us, you know, because we're doing the right things. We're, we're operating from peace and joy and love instead of from anger and resentment and fear. Yeah, it's much more comfortable to live that way, peace, love, and joy, rather than anger and fear and resentment, which is so uncomfortable. Yeah, and but, this, is, this is just so paradoxical. It's so it's this is so full. I made a I, I read this about a year ago, and I I wrote down a lot here I am not seeing. <laughs> and that was on the twenty eighth of February of last year. I said, hey, there's a lot here I just don't see. (laughs) There still is. But there's so much there. That's because the Tao cannot be seen. No. no. (laughs) You're exactly right, Mo. It's all about living living a, a more spiritual existence, more in gratitude and love, you know, in in all of it, whether you're Christian or Jewish or Muslim. Or nothing. Or nothing. Yeah. You know, just be a person. Be kind. You know, I like the Tao uh, quote of open yourself to the Tao. Trust your natural responses and everything will fall into place. Yeah. That's what this is talking about. Just open yourself up. Just surrender to this. Lower your resistance to people and lower your resistance in the moment to just doing the next right thing without having to figure it out, without having to control and see where that leads you. And I guarantee you, you will find yourself smiling and being happier and not know why. (laughs) I caught myself smiling yesterday for absolutely no reason. And I was like, why am I smiling? I'm that, you know, you know, I almost wanted to stop it because, you know, and it was from learning this, learning not to resist in the moment, learning that what is real is not what I am seeing. The way that I help my kids is by loving them, not making every little thing a freaking lesson. Right. <laughs> and you know? yeah, who are that, you? That kind of a thing. You know, now there's times there's lessons, yes, but I don't have to force and push and try to make them into what I think they should be. I can give them space to let God do whatever needs to be done in their life and me let go of that kind of control. That's the kind of thing this is talking about is that if we're looking to this physical world as the solution for whatever it is that we're talking about, 
it's going to disappoint us because it is not it is it is going to lack just like when we look at these physical things to bring us happiness mm-hmm. they always lack and we can never get enough never and that's the way we know whether we're looking at them as an enjoyment or whether we're looking at them to bring us satisfaction mm-hmm. if once that goal is achieved if we feel empty that's just talking about the fact that we're looking at that to bring us the happiness and joy that we should be looking within for. I'm now thinking about lunch because I was talking about bacon. I'm starving now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got a taste now. For, now I want some bacon, but I want it with chocolate. Have you ever had chocolate-covered bacon? There is such a – well, it's – Oh, there is. There's bacon in chocolate. Uh, you can put bacon in chocolate. It's been, it's done, and it's quite good. Why? Anything yeah. in chocolate. Why? Why? <laughs> so you get to eat more chocolate, Cindy. You do. I, I have not had any chocolate since January. But it's good for menopause. I haven't had any sugar since January. How does that work for you? Women need chocolate. She's doing this uh, Whole30. Yeah, I, I, I did Whole30, and then I said I'd do it another 30 days, and then I decided to just do it for Lent. So I'm going all the way till Easter. So you're um, doing the Whole90? It's like a Whole80. I counted whole the days. <laughs> yeah. And then, did you treat yourself with a Cadbury egg or something? No, I, for me, I, I really realized, like, in the last, I don't know, maybe two, three months before we started this Whole30, I was, like, I would find healthy candy. So, okay, it doesn't have a lot of sugar. It's just honey and whatever. But, and so they sell them at Starbucks, and they're, and they're great, and there's, like, four of them in a package. And then I found them at Whole Foods, and then there was, like, 20 of them in a package. <laughs> and I have no control. It's like I start to eat chocolate, and then I'm, like, you know, I'm, like, the fat kid sitting with the stuff all over his face who's, like, what happened to the bag of chocolate? So I'm, like, this has to stop. So I, I'm trying to this time really pay attention to do I even start to snack and what am I snacking on? And I caught myself with dried mango. I mean, of all things, like I'm going to find something, right? That's got the sugar that <laughs> Craig's face is off. What's wrong with dried mango? Huh? What's wrong with dried mango? It just has too much no, sugar. No, nothing's wrong with it if you have a little bit of dried mango. But then if you find yourself sitting there and you've eaten half the bag of dried mango and you weren't even hungry in the first place, well, then it had nothing to do with, you know, food and actually, you know, nutrients. And so I I'm like, okay, so I've really been paying attention. I, I wanted to keep doing it longer because I usually do it 30 days. And then somehow within two weeks after that, I'm like back off to the races. And I'm like, okay, there's a lesson here. I'm not learning. I'm going to learn it. And so I got to the mango and I went, Oh, I see. I'm still using food to fill something. It's kind of what I've been thinking about the whole time we've been talking here is that I'm using food to fill a need that I shouldn't be using food to fill. Because at the end of the day, whether it's chocolate or mango or chips or salsa, I'm going to make you really hungry, Greg. Um, it's, it's not doing it. So I have to focus elsewhere. That was that was my whole question with food because I've been really – looking at why I'm eating what I'm eating and so much of it's habit. And I'd like to, I'd like to lose about 15. I've lost five. I'd like to lose another 15. And I was, I couldn't, I couldn't lose. 
and I'm diabetic, so I don't really need to be eating any sugar at all because it's hard for me to manage my sugar with that. So I would eat, I'd start eating chocolate. I'll have a couple of chocolates and before long I'd eaten 15, you know, and eating the whole jar of chocolates, you know, and then hid the wrappers in the bottom of the trash so my wife wouldn't fuss at me. <laughs> you know, just like, you know, when I used to drink, I had my vodka bottles, you know, yeah, exactly same the same. kind of behavior, you know, and I was like, crap. This has got to stop. Why, why am I doing this? So I yeah, started asking I a question. Get, yeah. I stopped to get gas in my car, and, you know, in the door was all the wrappers that no one in my family saw. <laughs> you know, get rid of those before anybody sees them. <laughs> it's like the rattling cans. You know, oh, there's <laughs> another can. Stop real yeah. quick so you can see if you've got more cans in the car, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me check. Put on the brakes real quick, you know. Yep. So, Cindy put an application up in the in the community just to say who's in for the next the, for the next whole thirty. Nobody, nobody responded, did they? <laughs> no, I, I sent her a text. I there's, sent her a text. Yeah, I, I sent her a text to say so. Uh, what, what's involved in this? Because I thought it might be a bit, something a bit healthy. And she's like, you can't eat calories. You can't have chocolate. You can't have milk. You can't have this. You can't have that. So I think I fell at the first hurdle. I was like, so can I substitute dairy milk for milk? And she's like, no. You can drink almond milk. Yeah, almond milk. What is almond? How do you milk an almond? You take almonds and you put it with water for a certain period of time, and then you can actually, like, do this thing with it, and then you can make almond flour and almond milk from the same stuff. So is it milk? You blend it. Actually, Craig, it's not bad. No, it's good. Stop I drinking Coke. You, I see you drink Coke, too, Craig, which is so like, bad for you. It's like Coke. It's so bad for you. It's just chemicals. It's all chemicals. It yeah, must no. be better. Whenever you see diet, moment. fat-free, or light, you should just read Chemical Shitstorm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, now, can you eat boiled eggs on that diet, Cindy? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. my go-to. And it's really not, like, I mean, a, the founder of it hates it when people call it a diet, and, and I make that mistake, too, but I, I just legally have to say that. So, she, it's like a reset. It's, it's meant to make you examine your relationship with food. And it's also, it takes out all the food groups that typically cause inflammation, and then has you add them back in after to see which one might be causing the problem. So, like, for me, when I first found it five years ago, I did it because I had gotten diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And I figured out it was soy, and I ended up not having to take medication anymore just by eliminating soy. And that medication was $500 a month with insurance. Wow. So that's why I get so passionate about it. It's like, that was six grand a year, plus my health. I mean, <laughs> my health but it was expensive and, and so each time I find something that you know I I'm I do better when I don't eat dairy now I love cheese I feel like it should be its own food group but I do better when I don't eat too much dairy me too me too I could live on dairy I do, I do great with it I do great with cheese I eat a lot of cheese yes it's, it does actually have scientific benefits it's not just a fad diet like all these 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 other ones that you see coming out yeah, they're for, that's what I liked about it is, I mean, because I'm a nurse and I, I, I want evidence, right? And so their first book is called It Starts With Food. 
and they referenced, I don't something like 200 different scientific articles they had read. And part of the reason they developed this is like, you know, all these chips that they're making now or crisps, right? That are like uh, chicken flavor. And I lived in Ireland for a year. So sometimes I know um, like chicken flavor, pickle flavor, whatever. Your body is not meant to be able to tell that a chip is not chicken. Or, or vice versa. So right. when you're giving it things that aren't actually the food that it tastes like, yes, then it can't. Those were like my favorite. Most for your dog? Greg <laughs> <laughs> doesn't care. It says bacon on it. He's going to eat it. I know. Now, is the bacon serving its purpose in those or not? They smell amazing. Bacon does not. Bacon doesn't serve any purpose. Part of yoga, the sister science to yoga is Ayurveda, which actually yoga started maybe 2,500 years ago. Ayurveda came before that. It is the science of eating and eating according to your constitution. So, you know, you you have to find out, you know, what foods disturb you and or what how they make you feel. Because foods can also make you really depressed and and all kinds of things like that. I'm just actually finishing my spring cleanse where um, it's an Ayurvedic cleanse. Um, I eat um, a healthy fat. It's called ghee, which is milk-fatted butter. Yep, I make my own. You make your own ghee? Um, and it's a it's a basically a, a dal and rice diet with certain spices. And you just you clean your system out, out of all of those shitty foods that you've eaten, you know, over the last few months with the, the ones that, like, I have occasional pretzels, you know, sometimes and meat and shit like that, but our, you're right, our bodies are not meant to process foods that they don't recognize, so they get caught up in our system, and that creates disease, inflammation, and fat, and all kinds of things that we don't need. So, so my daughter vegetarian that brings us tofu that's all these different flavors like buffalo tofu and you know all these different things that's that's not a good idea to do that (laughs) i don't know yeah okay i can see that but she'll bring something that tastes like because it's kind of a kind of a game so what does this taste like (laughs) i'm not going to tell you you (laughs) that tastes like chicken why don't you just eat chicken (laughs) Yeah. No, I can't eat it, you know, and then, but, uh, you know, she just, uh, it's kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of research that your gut has a lot to do with inflammation and allergies and your mental health. And diseases. And, yeah. Yes. And, I mean, I find, like, if I eat too much sugar, I, I get, I turn into a cranky bitch. And it's just, it, I, and I used to think, well, it's because I feel bad about eating it. And it's like, no, it just actually physically affects me and makes me not a nice person. So it's better for me when I don't eat it very much. Cindy, you'll be the first woman that turns into a cranky bitch when she eats sugar. <laughs> no, I know. My husband will tell you that whatever is normal, go to the opposite, and that's usually where I'm at. You know, probably the way that would relate back to what we talked about today, you're looking to that sugar to do something for you that it cannot do. Right. So you're looking for something physical to fix something that's a spiritual, that's a within kind of thing that you need. 
And when yep. you're doing that, it causes a imbalance. Yep. yep. Absolutely. And I, I have found like, I mean, so it's been, I don't know, like, like 45 days maybe that I haven't had sugar. And so, I mean, when I've gone to my therapist and during these times, like, I, I feel like we've had, had more of a deeper discussion. Like, I'm actually realizing things as opposed to being focused on the day-to-day bullshit that I'm usually pissed off about. It's amazing. Yeah. It is. You are what you eat. It is true that you are what you eat in our immune systems in our gut. So, you know, take care of your gut. Yeah, I mean, when I'm at work and we give people medications to make sure they don't have a reaction to medicine we're giving, we give one of the medicines we give is to make sure your gut doesn't react. That's how much it's involved. Yeah. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Oh, my goodness. Before we close, is everyone good? Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding recovery podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.